We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bear Report Podcast. Roster cuts are officially in. The Bears have set the 53-man roster. They're in the process of setting their practice squad and we are under two weeks away from week one has been a very busy um, let's say past four to five days with the preseason concluding roster decisions waiver wire and all that good stuff we're here to get you all caught up on that breaking it all down from house hall on wednesday as ryan poles and ian cunningham met the media i'm your host zach pearson I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And as we were talking, Aaron, before the uh, podcast, we have no shortage of things to talk about. Um, it, it feels like football here in Chicago is like 65 degrees, and we had a busy, busy day at House Hall. Man, I don't want to hear about your weather. <laughs> I don't want to hear about <laughs> This that. feels great to us. But, hey, but look, I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be like, I think, 95, 98 next week. So that's a little yeah. warm for us. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like we have, like we, we're having our like cool off period for a few days. It's been basically like mid 90s and it's felt like it's, it's felt good. And it's just crazy because we're going to be right back. I think like for the, for Memorial Day weekend this weekend, and I think even for week one, it's going to be right back in the lower hunters again. It's just, it's like, dude, I, I just I need this to be over with. So you guys enjoy that weather because um, I know that it won't consistently start hitting 60s and 70s here until probably about November. So I'm definitely, definitely jealous of that. But yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, finally, things like we, it feels like we've been beating a dead horse most of the offseason. You know, we get to free agency, we hit the draft, we talk about, you know, overanalyzing practices, overanalyzing the preseason. Now we're finally at a point where I think for the most part, obviously it's the quote unquote initial 53 man roster. But I think for the most part, outside of maybe, you know, a few moves, I say maybe two or three, I think we're in a pretty good spot to really kind of at least assess the roster on paper to kind of see where this team's at heading into week one. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you brought up a good point. The 53-man roster as of now, we've already seen some changes, and it was expected. You know, the Bears did have the number one spot on the waiver wire. They'd be dumb not to use it. You know, we saw them make a couple moves today. 
And, you know, it feels like things are going to be interchanging. There's going to be pieces moving around here until we get to week one with Green Bay. And even after that, you know, we could see some pieces moving. Um, I guess, you know, the easiest way to do it, let's just kind of get into it with, with the roster and where it stands now. And, you know, the initial roster that was put out, it was 52 plus the addition of Dan Feeney, who was acquired in a trade, um, you know, er- earlier in the week. So he would have made up the 53 when he got it introduced um, and officially the trade went through in terms of surprise cuts. I mean, there really, to me, there wasn't a whole lot and that was kind of expected. I think the writing on the wall was, you know, there for um, someone like Travis Gibson who, you know, who had a, a nice preseason, um, but really was not one of Ryan Poles' guys. And you could kind of see, you know, he was just, buried on the depth chart. He was not getting reps with the ones, even when DeMarcus Walker was out and Yannick Ngakwe wasn't here. And then for Kendall Vildor, same was kind of said. I mean, I, I think you and I both had him as a legit cut candidate at the beginning of training camp. And then he comes in and in the depth chart, he's you know, below a couple guys and not a Ryan Poles regime guy. And they kept players like Jalen Jones. They kept players like uh, Josh Blackwell, um, over him. Um, so yeah, I mean, those two really weren't surprises for me. I think, you know, the move of, of Terrell Lewis being waived today over Racine green was a little surprising to me. I thought both had nice camps. I would have probably given the edge to Lewis. Uh, but in terms of overall surprises with this roster, you know, I, there really wasn't much for me unless you had one, but I guess, you know, people could say PJ Walker just because of the contract he signed. But even then, if you listen to us or you, you read, any of my notebooks or you followed any of the bears reporters on Twitter, he was bad from the start. And, you know, it just showed the bears are, aren't going to prioritize anything there. Ryan Bowles, if you're, if you're not performing, they're not going to be afraid to cut you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would really label anything like as a surprise. Cause I, I think ultimately what this comes down to is like, this is year two of a full out rebuild. And I know some people don't like, hearing the word rebuild or they don't believe on you know full you know a full-on tear down and you know rebuilding it back up but that's really what this is outside of a very few amount of pieces i mean we're down to what eight or nine players that that ryan pace brought in you know like it, it this is exactly what this is especially in year two so it's one of those things where i think you know, Ryan Poles obviously showed the willingness to simply say, hey, man, I made a mistake and move on, which is great um, with, you know, P.J. Walker and then even really to, a, you know, another extent with Alex Leatherwood where, you know, they claimed him last year when, frankly, they didn't really have to guarantee him, what was it, $6 million or $6.5 million and then cut him with about $4.5 million left. Um, and then also, too, I think the thing to kind of keep in mind here with, and this is something that we've talked about quite a bit with both uh, you know, Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor, especially Vildor, is, you know, when, these performance escalators have a tendency, especially if you're kind of a middling player um, on that fourth year of your rookie deal, they have a tendency to become an issue for these players. I mean, we saw it with Michael Walker, um, you know, he was cut, uh, you know, and, and, and came over to the Bears and. I said from the very beginning that that was something that was, you know, okay, they're going to give him an extended tryout. Maybe they bring him back. And I still think that if they want a six linebacker, then it makes sense for him to come back. But 
they're not going to pay him $2.7 million to be fifth or sixth on the depth chart. And that's exactly the same situation that Kendall Vildor was in. And that was basically the same exact situation that uh, Travis Gibson was in. Now, I thought it was interesting. And I know, obviously, you were there at the press conference. I was listening to it uh, over the Internet. I thought it was interesting that uh, Ian Cunningham basically said they felt that Travis Gibson was a better fit and produced more in a 3-4 than he did a 4-3 scheme. Now, I don't know that I disagree with that. Now, kind of like you were talking about, it's it's one of those things where I it, it it's tough for me because I look at it and I say, okay, you know, obviously the Bears still need quite a bit of work on the defensive line as a whole, especially at edge rusher. But it's how can you – I'm trying to find a good way to put this. How can you be okay with Dominique Robinson, who, yes, I know he was a fifth round pick, you know, you still, he was a project, but I mean, Dominique Robinson didn't do a damn thing in preseason. Rasheem Green, okay, cool. He had some moments in, in training camp, but when the lights came on and the games actually came on, which they say are supposed to matter more, he didn't do a damn thing either. And I thought it was interesting that Ian Cunningham, and I think it was Ryan Poles talked about it as well, where, they put value into how well an edge rusher can stop the run. And I get it to a certain extent, but let me just ask you this. Okay. So, you know, week one's not that far off. Let's just say week one was tomorrow. The bears are in a third down and an eight situation against the green Bay Packers. They want to bring in their NASCAR package. And for those who don't know what a NASCAR package is, it's basically, you're going to have three defensive ends on the field. You're going to kick one of your defensive ends inside the three technique. You're probably going to have your three technique like nose. You want basically four of your best pass rushers out on the field. So we know Yannick Ngakwe is going to be one of those guys. We know that uh, Demarcus Walker is going to kick inside right now. Based on who we have, you know, who we know is on this roster right now, who is going to be your third defensive end for that position? Because now that you don't have Terrell Lewis and Travis Gibson, you don't have that true pass rusher. Who's it going to be for you? Because I don't, I don't know that I have. <laughs> yeah, I, I, man, I can't answer that because I don't know. And that brings it to a point, you know. I don't know how this team got better rushing the passer. Like I think Demarcus Walker will be a little bit of improvement. I think Yannick Ngakwe would be a big improvement, but are they big enough improvements where they're going to go from dead last in sacks to top 20, which I, is what I think they need to be at to have success on the defense this season? I don't know, man. I, I hope so. But like, like you said, I mean, they, they rotate these guys in and out. Who do you feel confident in coming in and rushing the passer when those guys need to take a break or when they have their NASCAR package and, and all that stuff? I don't know, man. It's, some of those moves were puzzling to me. Um, I still think they need to go out and find a pass rusher, a legit one. I don't think that's coming. I think that'll probably come in, in, in the NFL draft. But yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't really get it, man. Um, you know, Terrell Lewis has to clear waivers and then he can um, come back. But do they put him on the 53 man? Do they put him on the practice squad? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not confident in this team's ability to, to rush the passer. I hope I'm wrong, but. You know, they faced some pretty damn good quarterbacks the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, you know, we don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. We do know what Patrick Mahomes is going to be. I still think Russell Wilson has a chance to kind of turn it around. So right there, there's two out of your first three games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a valid question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aside from that, you know, the Bears did make a couple moves today um, in terms of the waivers, and, and they were they were active right away as as we expected and as they should be. And there'll be plenty more moves coming. But, um, you know, the big ones, obviously, they wave uh, A.J. Thomas, they wave Terrell Lewis, they bring in Quindell Johnson and Khalid Kareem, um, pretty much swapping DBs for, for defensive line, for def- DBs and the defensive linemen for defensive linemen. Um, and then the ne- the other one that has not been announced, unless it's come over since I've been driving home or anything, um, was wide receiver and, and punt returner Trent Taylor. And what I thought was really interesting about that, tying it into the press conference was they, uh, specifically Ryan Poles, flat out said, I mean, Trent Taylor is going to be our starting punt returner. The competition will have Valus Jones in there um, to push them in the, uh, during the regular season. But when the bears play green Bay and they line up for punt return, it's going to be Trent Taylor. And uh, that was kind of a little bit of a statement to me because number one, the guys in the building, he's not been officially announced. Um, he hasn't practiced, but they like him so much and rightfully so, um, he's going to come in and start right away. And, you know, last season five, um, I think he had five punts of 20 or more yards, which led the league, uh, punt returns, which led the league. So it's an upgrade there, and then Vilas Jones will get duties with the kickoff. Uh, but this was an area where I thought the Bears needed to upgrade, uh, and, and they did as best as they could with that number one waiver priority. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Living on a prayer by Bon Jovi should be <laughs> – it should be Vilas Jones' theme song right now, man. He is – if this if he was any other thing but a, a third-round pick, he would not be on this roster right now because – I mean, they basically in the press conference today, they admitted like they do not feel comfortable with him being the punt returner. And, you know, it's like they can say, well, he'll get there eventually. But we saw him get multiple chances last year and he failed. And then they hyped him up. Richard Hightower hyped him up this year all throughout camp. Everything was going good. He was tracking the ball well. What happens? The first preseason game he gets into, he lets the first one bounce when he shouldn't have. He lets the second one bounce and then tries to pick it up, gets blasted, loses the ball, and there you go. So, I mean, and that's kind of the thing is like you just said, like Trent Taylor is going to be the punt returner and Valus Jones Jr. is going to be the kickoff guy. How is that going to work when you're talking about the active day roster? Because you're talking about 53 guys on the roster. The Bears have seven receivers right now, right? So – of the 53 guys that they have in the roster, only 46 of those guys to be active. You have to have seven inactives every game. So when you look at it that way, are you going to have six of your seven receivers active? Are you going to have all seven of your receivers active? Uh, and if so, then are you going to leave EQ St. Brown out of that mix? Are you going to basically healthy scratch Tyler Scott until he can start contributing an offense? Like, 
that's kind of the thing where it's like it, it just there there are so many questions that I have right now because yeah, Velas Jones Jr. may be their best bet as far as kickoff returns goes, but if Tyler Scott can give you more as a receiver, he can also return kicks. We saw him return a kick uh, in week three of the preseason and did a pretty dang good job. It's just, it's not really so much a complaint is more of what are they really going to do and what are they really thinking? Because to me, this translates to Bayless Jones Jr. is going to be inactive a lot again. Again, he's a third round pick. We already kind of had low expectations for him, but it's like if he's not contributing as a special teamer, as a, as a returner, then what value does he really have being the seventh receiver on the roster? Because the thing is, you know, with a guy like, uh, you know, with Taylor, like he's not going to be a guy that you're going to want lining up a receiver 25, 30 times a game. Like that's just, that's not who he is. At one point, there was some hope for him coming out of SMU back in 2017. If I remember right, he came out the same year as uh, Cortland Sutton uh, from the same school, but those are, those are long gone. And this guy's 29 years old. He's really good at returning punts, and that's great. And I think the signing itself was great. But I think for me, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, where does this leave the receiving group? Because to me, I, like, I, I don't think Tyler Scott's ever going to be like a great receiver. I don't think he's ever going to be like a number one receiver, but I do think he can be a Darnell Mooney type. And I don't think that's going to happen right out of the gate because obviously he's got to work on his, his route running. He's got to work on his consistency. He's got to work on catching the ball um, and, and holding on to the ball. But I would also like to see him active, you know, a decent amount over the first eight games of the season to kind of get his feet wet to see where he's at. And I feel like now with Bayless Jones Jr. kind of hanging out simply because he's a third round pick. I don't know where that leaves the bottom three of these receivers outside of uh, outside of you know Taylor, where obviously Taylor is going to be out on the field. Yeah, and and you have EQ St. Brown out there too. So, I mean, of the four, uh, you know, just doing the math would be you know you'd have DJ Moore active, you'd have Darnell Mooney active, you'd have Chase Claypool active. I got to imagine two of the four will not be active. And, and that's a good point. Like, what do you do with Valus Jones? What do you do with Tyler Scott? Um, do you keep EQ St. Brown active? I, I don't know, man. As we know, it's a numbers game all the time. But it's going to be interesting to see every game what they, what, what they do with the wide receiver position. And, you know, do you maybe keep an extra one, you know, active on game day and take away from another position, you know, kind of looking around, they only have four safeties. Um, they've, you know, good amount of defensive backs, um, a good amount of linebackers, but yeah, again, it, it's a numbers game and a lot of it does come down to special teams. So we'll kind of have to see what they do there. Um, you know, in terms of the kick returning, the punt returning, I imagine I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm imagine Trent Taylor, probably could return kicks if, if he had to. I don't know. Have you, have you seen any numbers on him returning kicks? I, I have not looked or anything like that. I have not. I've been lazy about it. I need to look. I mean, they have they have multiple options in order to do it. I mean, the one option I don't want to see is DJ Moore back there at all yes. on punt or yes. kick returns. That's a, I, just terrible I think idea. we can agree that their situation is better now than what it was three days ago. Oh, 100%. No, yeah. I, I think the move absolutely need to be made. I, I'm sure you had the same reaction I did. When Trent Taylor got released, I'm like, that guy that that is one of the yeah. moves that the bears need to make because i mean he's going to make veteran minimum even if he doesn't do a lot on offense for you he still provides like ryan poles is talking about today 
like you can go get up, get a snack, you know, get a drink, go to the bathroom, whatever, and come back and know that Trent Taylor is not going to botch a punt. Like he's not going to put you in a position where, you know, you're down seven points or eight points or whatever the hell it is. And you're simply hoping that your punt returner, you know, with three minutes left to go in the game, that your punt returner can not only catch the ball, but get you a few positive yards and set your offense up in a position where they can go down and either win the game or tie the game. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Um, But again, it's just one of those situations where I think it just brings more questions Really, I mean, pointedly, for, for Bayless Jones Jr., I mean, what, what is his purpose on this roster? And I think that's something that I don't know that we're going to get an answer to for a while. Yeah, and, you know, many thought he'd be on the, on the roster bubble, especially after what you said with, with his preseason performance and then the injury and all that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It feels like Bayless is on a very, very, very short leash. And like you said, if he wasn't third-round pick, I don't think, you know, we'd be having this conversation. I think he'd be – on uh, the waivers probably picked up by someone. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. One thing I did want to talk about, I think that's very important is, you know, throughout the off season or not off season, training camp and preseason, the bears, you know, have been pretty banged up. I mean, they've had, they, we've talked about, they've suffered a lot of injuries on the offensive line. You know um, we didn't know the statuses thanks to what the bears rules are with, injuries and it's day-to-day week-to-week being at practice today i will say though i mean the bears do look a lot healthier than they did a week ago and they're getting some key guys back now jaquan brisker was out today doug kramer was out today um dylan cole was out today and obviously tevin jenkins was out today and ryan poles said you know tevin jenkins is going to go on ir to the nation to return he'll miss the first four games um but still, you know, did not um, reveal too much into, um, you know, what the injury was with Jenkins. And he also said that the Bears don't have any injuries that they consider long-term. I, I think missing four games and missing the past two weeks is long-term in my eyes. Uh, that's me. I'm not the general manager. But, yeah, the Bears are healthy, man. They get Lucas Patrick back. Cody White here, I will note, um, from what I saw on, uh, on the uh, taped-up hand, it did not look as taped up as it was in previous days. So I, I think that's a good sign. Uh, it looked like a little bit of a lighter wrap. And talking to a couple, um, you know, beat reporters, the way I put it, it was when you're playing Madden and you can kind of customize your guy and you can go with like the medium tape, the light tape, the heavy tape. I would have said last week when we first saw him get back out there two weeks ago, whatever it was, it was like heavy tape to medium tape. I'd say today it was kind of more of the light tape. So I think that's a positive sign moving forward. Obviously, you know, out there was um, Yannick Ngakwe, Demarcus Walker, Eddie Jackson, Tremaine Edmonds. Darnell Wright was out there. We didn't get to see how they moved or what they did, but they were out there for the open period. And that's a great sign. I mean, that's a great sign compared to where they were, you know, especially even last week. I, I feel like a lot of people were in panic mode. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely, it's absolutely a great sign um, that a lot of these guys are getting out on the field. I, has Jaquan Brisker been there? Like, is does he have a limp? Like, what that, what is going on? Because the speculation, he, he's I been there. Think, yes, he's been there. He was on the bike. Uh, no, we, yeah, he was on the bike today. It's, it's like, has he been walking around with a limp at all? I even noticed a limp. Um, 
Like I, any obvious, like no. any obvious signs of what the hell it might be? Because a lot of people are speculating that it's another concussion, and obviously that would be relatively concerning. Yes, I don't know. Um, I have not seen a limp or anything that's shown me like lower body, foot, ankle, any of that stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember the the play you got hurt on. I can't remember it honestly, so I I couldn't tell you if it was a concussion or not. Um, yeah, no, it's fair. I but just, even I, if it's you know, a concussion. I mean, if he's out there walking around, typically I don't believe the players are out in the practice field if it's a concussion. I, yeah. I could be wrong there. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I, it's definitely just, it's interesting that he's the only one. Um, but again, I mean, right. Well, I thought it was kind of funny. Ryan Pulse, yeah, there's no long term injuries. And then two minutes later, well, yeah, we're going to go ahead and put Tevin <laughs> Jenkins on IR. It's like, wait, what? Like, you just, you just, you know, like I, I felt like an idiot because I tweeted that out in live time. And then literally two minutes later, he goes, well, yeah, we're going to put Tevin Jenkins on short-term IR. It's like, well, that's kind of longish term. Like, it's not the entire season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have no idea. Their injury chart time frames. I have no freaking idea. What the I don't think they have. An, I don't think no. they have an idea either, man. Because And they like, can get away with it. Because how are you going to say like a guy like Dante Pettis is day to day, right? And then all of a sudden he's on IR. Or uh, who was the other guy? There was another. I'd have to look at the the the, the IR chart because there was another guy that it was. Oh, it was uh, one of the receivers, which uh, Joe Reed. Joe Reed went from day to day to IR in like the matter of two days. Like, what? What? Like, how does that? Like, how do you go from being day to day to on IR? Whatever. I'm, I'm sure everybody's tired of us bitching about this, so it is what it is. Um, so, and and obviously you're there, and you guys probably don't get to see much because you know, at least from what you've said, it sounds like they're kind of in the game day practice where you basically get to walk in for five minutes, see who's there, see who's doing probably individual stuff or random drills, and that's about it. Um, so. Correct me if I'm wrong, and you know who knows. Maybe you have the same opinion. Maybe you've seen something to tell you different. I think this is my personal opinion. I think that the Bears have kind of used this Tevin Jenkins stuff as a reason or a way to simply say, "Okay, we're going to put Cody White here back at left guard." Um, you know, obviously the hand injury is not that serious, so he's going to go back to left guard. My thing is, is I don't know, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I I tend to think that the Bears don't trust Lucas Patrick's help all that much. I, I honestly think the reason that they traded for Dan Feeney is because Dan Feeney is going to be the starting center come week one. And I also have a theory, and I'm not saying that's going to happen or that it's even you know a high probability, but I honestly wouldn't be shocked that when Tevin Jenkins comes off IR, if this offensive line is playing well and everything's going well, it honestly wouldn't shock me if they keep Cody right here at left guard and just simply say, we'll change things if performances change or if there's an injury. I mean, what has Lucas Patrick shown you to give them any reason to trust him? I mean, nothing. He got hurt last year, and even when he was in, I mean, if, if I, I mean, it wasn't really great. Good. No, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> I mean, he was. He was terrible. He was legitimately, like objectively speaking, he was worse than Sam Mustafer was. And 
you know, I, I do think you bring up a good point. I I don't know if they would keep White here at left guard. Honestly, I I still think I mean, it's going to sound crazy, man. Like, I guess I'm in the minority here. I still think they really like Tevin. Like, I still think like they want to keep giving him chances. Obviously, you have to stay healthy, man. Like, you have to like you. you ha- I mean, this is three years now where he's been hurt, um, missing significant time. You have to stay healthy. I don't know. That's interesting because, I mean, if Cody White here, if the, if the line is gelling before Jenkins gets back, I obviously think you keep Cody White here left guard. That, you know, that's obvious. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, would they would they move Jenkins to left guard, or if Nate Davis is struggling, would they move Jenkins to right? I don't know, man. That's it's kind of well. So my here. thing is, is I don't think. Like, I don't say this because I think Cody Whitehair is better than Tevin Jenkins. Like, I, I think Tevin Jenkins has still got a really high ceiling, and obviously I'd love to see Tevin Jenkins out there. But I think at, at a certain point in time, man, like, you kind of have to come to a reality that, you know, obviously the back injury stuff, it happens, whatever. He misses basically his entire rookie year, right? But let's just even talk about last year. He started and finished six games last year. Started and finished six games last year. So – even if you take out the rookie year and say whatever, like the amount of injuries that he had, and it wasn't just all one thing. Like there were a multitude of different injuries that he had that he only started and finished six games, which is not even half the season of one season. If you're already taking out the other season, that was completely lost. So my whole thing is at some point in time, the lack, the severe lack of availability, considering that we know that he's missing at least the first four games of the season at some point, the severe lack of availability has to play a factor in the continuity of the offensive line. Now, that's not again, that's not to say that Tevin Jenkins is worse than Cody Whitehair is worse than Dan Feeney or whatever. Like, it, obviously, that's not the case. But if if Dan Feeney can stay on the field and Cody Whitehair is comfortable and, and producing, you know, relatively well at left guard and stays healthy, and Tevin Jenkins comes back. I don't know that it makes any sense to say, hey, well, you really haven't practiced or done anything in six weeks. And, you know, you haven't what he played the the four snaps or five snaps or whatever it was in preseason week one. By that point, that would be two months removed. I don't know that the Bears are going to like regardless of what's going on. I don't know that the Bears are going to be overly enthralled with throwing a guy back in. And that's not even to say that's going to be the case, because I think the reality of it is there may be an injury or Simply put, I mean, if you look at at least PFF's numbers, the last time that Dan Feeney was a full-time starter, again, right on par with a guy like Sam Mustafer. So we don't know that it's going to work anyway, but it's it's you just have to wonder if things go about as well as they can, does it make any sense to put him back in the starting lineup right away if things are going well? Yeah, you know, that's a good point too. And I, I, you know, I would also argue – I think Tevin's probably their best offensive lineman right now, honestly, or or one of their best offensive linemen. But, I mean, you're right. Like, do you break that up if the offensive line is playing well? Like, well, at least they have options, though. Like, they, you know, it, this could have been a lot worse. Like, we, I mean, they where they were at last week was like, oh, man, they're going to have second, third stringers starting um, in week one. So, I don't know, man. At least they have good options with the offensive line, and obviously that's the key. You know, you're gonna have to protect Justin Fields if he wants to become a, a better passer. They're, they're gonna have to hold up, and they have pieces they can move around. Um, and we still haven't seen what Darnell Wright can do. I'm excited to kind of see what 
Braxton Jones can do in year two, but I do feel a little better about this offensive line, um, at least now going into week one than when I did. Yeah, no, I, I do too. And I think, I think as a whole, I, I think we all tend to overreact in the moment, right? I mean, we talked about this before training camp started, you know, where it's like, you know, we get to training camp and every single training camp practice for those first like, you know, week or two, like everybody's glued to their computers and they're waiting for updates or they're at practice and they're tweeting out updates or whatever it is. And it seems like the biggest deal in the moment. I mean, we've we've lived it as Bears fans. We've lived it watching the Packers situation with uh, Jordan Love. And then as soon as preseason rolls around, it's like, well, who cares about practice anymore? We've got, you know, game film to go off of and we've got this. And then it's like then the preseason ends and we get to the regular season. And the first the first game week one gets played and nobody remembers a damn thing that happened in preseason and nobody remembers anything that happened at training camp. That's just the way it is. So I think it also kind of goes the same with the injuries where it's it's natural in the moment because i i would be lying if i said that i wasn't there wasn't moments last week and the week before it's like okay you got 21 guys that aren't practicing right now and eight of those guys are starters like there's you know there's some cause for concern then obviously you go out today you figure out that basically jaquan brisker is the only missing piece out of you know the entire you know the entire starting group or even really like you know bigger name player like impact players that's not practicing and and Iberflu still seems to think that he's going to be on track to play week one so all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about it so it's just I think it's just the emotional roller coaster of you know of any NFL process right you go through training camp you go through preseason you get into the regular season I think especially this year it's a symptom of how important and how active this offseason was, right? Because, you know, you go three and 14, there's not a lot of good to take out of that. You know, you get the number one pick, you trade the number one pick, you have, you know, a crazy amount of cap space, way more than any other team. You go out and you make a ton of moves. Like you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're getting tired of arguing with Packers fans or Lions fans or whatever fans out there you're you're just ready to see something out on the field the first thing you see is training camp and then like i said preseason you go through it all but when it comes down to it week one rolls rolls around it's like the you know the guy that they the the, the defensive end that they claim today I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name the guy had three sacks and like 12 pressures in the preseason you know through three games like do you, do you think he's going to average that in the regular season i mean let's be honest with ourselves like this stuff only matters so much. And I, I was just on another podcast uh, with Bill Zimmerman and I pointed out the same thing. Like this time last year, going into the regular season after the bears played the Seahawks and I watched the Seahawks in preseason, I was convinced that the Seahawks were going to have a top five pick last year and not, you know, not just because, you know, the Denver pick, but because they were that bad and then the Seahawks made the playoffs. So my entire assumption for their season was based around what I saw in the preseason. It's just not translatable. A lot of this stuff doesn't translate. The injuries, all that stuff. A lot of teams are playing it safe. Um, you know, we put so much stock into how much the starters are playing in the preseason. Are they going to be ready? Blah, 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 blah. And when it comes down to it, we don't remember any of that come week one, or especially after week one happens. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, but that's a good point. It's actually a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I don't know how much this is going to help with the, with the new moves. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, there's going to be more changes. They, they have the number one claim. Um, this is going to be kind of a rotating roster. So, you know, we, we should expect to see more changes um, coming soon in the roster. I feel like, you know, spots 50 to 53 might just be kind of interchanging here over the next couple of weeks as they get ready for week one in Green Bay and, you know, and under two, two weeks away. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I'm excited. You know, I, I, I hope the Bears can come out and, and be positive and, and get off to a positive start. But, you know, we'll see. They, they This is a chance for them to get over that hump a little bit. A new era in Green Bay. You don't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Now is your chance. Like now is your chance to kind of end all this, end the losing streak, um, kind of turn things around. And, and you should, especially off the hype that's been around the offseason. You got to come out. You cannot, you know, got to come out strong. You cannot come out flat. So was there anything else that you, uh, you want to touch on, Aaron? I, I think we covered it all, right? I think we pretty much did. I mean, you know, just kind of like looking over the roster a little bit as, as things stand right now. And obviously as we're recording this on Wednesday night, they haven't officially put Tevin Jenkins on IR yet. They haven't officially signed Trent Taylor, but we're just going to go ahead and assume that that's going to happen. There's no reason not to, right? Um, just kind of looking at the roster construction. It's a little interesting. I know usually when people do their roster projections, they like to do 25, 25, and three, right? And usually that's rarely ever the case in terms of how things end up playing out. As of right now, um, obviously with Tevin Jenkins going on IR, they'll have nine offensive linemen, which is a little bit more normal. The one that stands out to me, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is just the fact that they do have those seven receivers. I think it's going to be interesting to see if they keep those seven receivers um, you know, some of the guys that they've cut, um, you know, getting some of those guys back on the practice, uh, you know, practice squad. I think the one interesting thing, too, that, you know, kind of take away from the press conference today, which, you know, we didn't talk a ton about because I'm sure most people watched it, was the lack of commitment, I guess, is the right way to put it with the whole Tyson Bajan situation. I don't blame them. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing it, but it's definitely interesting how. Like, you know, Matt Eberflus talks yesterday, you know, on, on Tuesday and basically kind of makes it sound like they're going to be hunting for a quarterback, like a quarterback that's going to be actually on the roster. And then obviously the waiver wire happens today. Bailey Zappi was on there. There was a few other guys. There was a few veterans that got cut. Uh, you know, same thing with Will Greer. Um, nobody was brought in. And then all of a sudden, Ryan, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham talked today. And Poles basically said, you know, the goal is to get Nathan Peterman back and then he was asked well practice squad or you know active roster and he was very non-committal on that which I find kind of interesting so I'm kind of curious I mean just kind of as like a you know a closing thought I guess what is your thought on the whole quarterback situation because I feel like I get it like you like let's say Justin Fields goes down halfway through week one like you don't really want an undrafted free agent from a D2 school coming in and playing um, you know, even the rest of that game, like I get that, but at the same time, 
is a transition from a guy like Tyson Bajan going to be that drastic from a guy like Nathan Peterman, who has spent the better part of the last three years on different teams' practice squads? I like Tyson Bajan. I think he's a fun story. Um, I think PJ Walker was just so bad. I, it doesn't really necessarily mean Bajan was good, great. I think Bajan earned his spot 100%. I, if the, if Justin Fields gets hurt, I, I am not confident right now in the bears offense and backup quarter spec situation to say that they, that Tyson Bajan could come in and get a win. Um, if Fields gets hurt, the bears are going to be in trouble this year. Um, I really but does think, that change? But the, does that change? Like, even if they had PJ Walker, I mean, does that really? No, not PJ Walker. Nathan Peterman. I mean, I don't know. He's got experience. I think Nathan Peterman could at least. I don't know because I don't want to like put Tyson Bajan down. Um, and he very well could, you know, be the next. I don't know. I want to say like star, but he Rock could be 30. a capable. Maybe I, I don't know. I see. I. I don't know, man. It's like opening up because like you'd think Brock Purdy, I mean, he's got to show he's good again. Like there's a chance that Brock Purdy was like, you know, maybe a one year thing. I don't know. I think Brock Purdy should be good, but we can't rule him out coming out, stinking it up. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't think it happens. He was the last pick in the draft. I think there's still, in my opinion, there's still a better chance that, that Brock Purdy is, a below average quarterback than he is anything close to what oh, he yeah. did last year, even in and, Kyle Shanahan's offense. And it's just like, I mean, does Nathan Peterman give you a better chance than Tyson Bajan to come in? I, I don't know, man. I it's it's really tough. At least, I mean, I guess Peterman has the experience. I mean, I don't know. We'll have. Hopefully, we don't have to find out. No offense to either of them. I do still think they are going to add someone. I I mean, I I just I don't know how Ryan Poles can look at this situation and say. Yeah, we're we're comfortable in this. I mean, you know it, man. Like it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it it sounds like it's Peterman or bust. Yeah, as I say, it's like Colt McCoy is about the only other reasonable name out there. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess you can take it two different ways. You can either say that Arizona felt he was too good and didn't want to ruin the tank, or they didn't feel like he was good enough to keep around as their primary starting quarterback until Kyler Murray comes back. And they feel more comfortable going with a guy like Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon than they do keeping a guy like Colt McCoy. I mean, there's two different ways of looking at that. And here's the other thing. I mean, you and I both know, I mean, it's starting quarterbacks are going to miss games. It's the reality of the NFL this year. Like there's, it's going to, more than half of them are going to miss games at some point this season. Hopefully Justin Fields doesn't, but it's 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 more than likely going to happen. So we're probably going to find out. Let's hope it's not severe injury or anything like that. But I mean, there might be a, or even taking you know a series or two off. It, it you know it's it's likely going to happen. So I mean, yeah, it's it's tough, man. I, I I don't know. It's a weird situation. I didn't like really like or get understand the PJ Walker signing in the first place. Um, you know, I guess old friend Trevor Simeon's out there again. Uh, he didn't get yeah, picked up. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just – it kind of goes back to the whole thing. I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like the game that Peterman played in, I don't think he looked that much different than Trevor Simeon did. Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to do you feel more comfortable with, let's say, Tyson Bajan coming in a game where you have the lead or you're – you know, it's a one-score game or it's tied, or do you feel more comfortable with Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon? 
I mean, that's what that's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, and I mean ultimately I don't know personally, I don't know that the margin is that big to where mm-hmm. it really matters. Like I guess that's kind of my thing is like I like I understand obviously you want to have some sort of veteran because ultimately like if you put a veteran on the practice squad, like he's still in the quarterback room. And obviously Justin Fields is still going into year three, he's still a young dude. Tyson Bajan is obviously a rookie coming from a D2 school. Like I understand bringing in a veteran, but I think in terms of like looking at it from a, like a game situation, like if, if Justin Fields misses, let's just say two games early on in the season, I think you're probably going to want to go with a guy like, you know, Nathan Peterman. But if this is, let's say he misses two games, you know, starting like week 12 or something like that, something, you know, just throwing it out there, like, Maybe at that point, Tyson Bajan's a little bit more comfortable, and maybe you can basically kind of do exactly what you did in the preseason where you're saying, hey, you're not going to take any deep shots. Like, we're going to dink and dunk this thing down the field. We want you to get the ball, get the ball out quick. We're going to rely heavily on the run game. I just – I don't know, man. Like, I look at this, and I just don't know that that is that big of a difference where the, the, the conversation from the Bears side of it needs to be quite as serious as it is because, dude, if Justin Fields gets hurt, and he's out for a long period of time. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, you have a quarterback. It doesn't matter. Yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, season's pretty much going to be toast, honestly. Unless there's a surprise, like, like you mentioned, unless there's like a Brock Purdy type moment for, you know, uh, Tyson Bajan or whoever they bring in. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do bring someone in, you know, to to kind of come in and maybe compete or back up or or, or do that because, like you said, they were really non-committal to him being. QB two, like they they haven't really fully come out and said it. So and this is not the first time either. I mean, like yeah. Matt Eberflus was that way yesterday. So it's it's very clear that they're not just like playing things close to the vest, or maybe Matt Eberflus isn't is in love with the idea. Like the, it's very clear that the head coach and the general manager and assistant general manager are all on the same page right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? And where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming um, NFL on Twitter, and then you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Should have basically an NFC North preview coming out, a, a Bears season preview coming out, and then obviously starting next week we'll be uh, be rolling into the regular season stuff. What to watch for, winners and losers, all the stuff that you guys do. I mean, it's it's going to be right back to uh, right back to action like we never left. Yeah, uh, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, and all major podcasting platforms helps us out. Helps picks for polls. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We we'll back. It's full go ahead next week. Week one will be here. We'll have a special guest on to preview the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. Week one matchup, which 305, the national slot. Till then, everyone, please stay safe, please stay healthy.